Welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey, everybody, Doug Addison. Welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. I am so excited because things are beginning to break loose. There's new things. There's new hope on the horizon. You know, people ask me all the time, why do we need all this talk and and revelation about heaven? And I'm one of those heaven people I talk about on earth as it is in heaven. You know, it's not like it's a new revelation. Jesus is the one who started it. But it's a new understanding that we can actually interact with God in our daily lives. It comes in the form of prayer. We can interact with God through the Bible, through through other people. We're two agree together. There's so much going on right now. And, you know, I just came out of a four-year affliction, and I am 100% healed now, but I needed to do some things. I tell you, I did everything I knew. I was decreeing. I was praying, anointing with oil, taking communion every day. And yes, I was using essential oils for those who wonder. I was trying about everything I knew. But then the Lord gave me some strategies that kind of pulled it all together. And I got a breakthrough. And I want to share some of those things with you. Now, people ask me this too. Why do I talk about the courts of heaven? Now, why don't we just use the blood of Jesus, the Bible, the name of Jesus? Isn't that enough? Well, yeah, sure, it's enough. I mean, my goodness, that's everything you need right there. But if it's not working for you, friend, you know, if you pray like I was, I was praying and contending for four years, and I wasn't getting a breakthrough. Believe me, I was using the Bible, I was using the blood of Jesus, I was using it all. If you are not getting a breakthrough in your life, that's when you need the higher level revelation of what's coming right now. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a new standard. And that's what we're seeing right now. The enemy has come in like a flood in the world physically. Well, literally, we're seeing floods, fires, earthquakes. We're seeing such tragedies right now. We're seeing stuff happen that we haven't. These are biblical proportions. I've even heard the news say it. This was a biblical level flood or pestilence or thing that come against us. This is why we need the greater level of revelation that the Lord is revealing to us right now. You know, on a daily basis, you actually already interact with the courts of heaven. It's done in a place of prayer. And the entire Bible actually is it's kind of laid out. You'll, you'll, you'll see that God actually interacts with us very similarly to a legal court system on earth. So the reason that God's releasing this is because Satan is over attacking us right now with tragedies, mass shootings, violence, weather patterns, earthquakes, fires, floods, I just mentioned. But it's because there's a revival coming. There's something greater coming that the enemy wants to get your eyes off of Jesus right now. We need to get it back on. So when I'm talking about the courts of heaven, you know, some people think it sounds kind of Old Testament as opposed to the new covenant. We're no longer under the law of Moses, rules, regulations. In fact, in Romans 8, 2, 
Paul says those words. We are no longer under the law of rules and regulations, which are it's basically lifeless, but the kingdom of God is still governed by laws of the Spirit. That's where it brings life. And if you read Romans 8, 2, you'll see what I'm talking about. The courts of heaven are very important right now because when the enemy is coming in like a flood, we need to raise up a standard of justice. So throughout the Bible, we see God interacting with us similar to a legal system on earth. Isaiah 43, 26, the Lord says, Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State your case for your innocence. There's a... There's actually a court system right there. We see God acting as the righteous judge. He's not a mean, unruly, or uh, you know, judgmental judge. He isn't. No matter what people say, the Lord is a righteous judge. Jesus actually is our mediator, and Satan is our prosecutor or our accuser. So the courts of heaven is best described as a place of prayer and petition where we can obtain justice from the Lord. Now, there is a biblical understanding of this throughout the Bible. We actually see the pattern similar to the court system. We're the petitioners, and Paul says this in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, God is the judge. We see this in Isaiah 33, 22. For the Lord is our judge, and the Lord is our lawgiver, and the Lord is our king. It is he that we serve. Jesus is the mediator, 1 Timothy 2.5. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, and that is Christ Jesus. Now we have the Holy Spirit as our witness. So this is laid out just like the legal system. Romans 8.16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And now we know that Satan's a prosecutor. We see it in Revelation 12, 10, is the accuser of the brethren or the brothers and sisters. That's why it's important to not accuse other people. I'm, I'm convinced that we don't want to step into the court of the accuser. So if you do a deeper study, actually, many Greek and Hebrew words for God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit confirm these roles as the lawgiver, the advocate, uh, the intercessor, and the witness. So in Psalm 103, 6, God executes righteous justice for everyone who is oppressed. So if you're oppressed, folks, I've got some good news. Now, the justice system of God is in place. It's mentioned over 500 times throughout the Bible, not just the Old Testament, but the New as well. The keys for enforcing God's justice in any situation are actually already in the Bible for you, and we're revealing it in a greater way, how to be more effective. And it helps to understand the kingdom of heaven, the principles of the Bible, and the fact that God loves you. He loves you. He is not a mean and unruly judge like people have said. So I've got a special guest on the podcast today. Now, she's been on before. In fact, she is up there. I think we've had my podcast as the second most popular podcast download, right under Graham Cook and me. She's, uh, everyone loves her. It's Elizabeth Nixon, and she's a renowned attorney, author, speaker, and she teaches key spiritual principles that transform lives and launch people into their destiny. Elizabeth, 
practices law in California under the United States Supreme Court, and she has served with the IRS, and she's been featured in Vanity Fair magazine and was award Businesswoman of the Year at one time. She's also a great friend of mine. In fact, we shared an office together in Santa Monica, California, a few years ago, and she helped us get started. Her and her husband, John, and her son, Joshua, are amazing people and very good friends of ours. And I know that Elizabeth has something that's going to shift the heavens over you right now. Beth, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Spirit Connection Podcast. Thank you, Doug. As always, it's so wonderful to be with you. Yeah, it's so much fun. We go way back. We've said that before. And uh, we just love the connection. We were just talking about this ahead of time. We were just having church ahead of time. The Lord showed up. The, the heavens opened. And we were talking about how we're paralleling right now. We always seem to be paralleling. And so the Lord is releasing something new right now. He's releasing something amazing. And you and I go way back, like you said, but I know that we're going to go way forward as well. So. Yeah. It's great to walk in stride with you, Doug. Yeah, so good. And I keep hearing the Lord say, plan long, plan long. Good, yeah, good. You know, we're not going to be out of here as quick as you can. You know, we need to live our lives as if the Lord's coming back each day, but we don't want to live our lives as if we know our ticket is ready to go and we're not going to do any work. But anyway, that's what I'm in I'm for the long doing. haul, and that's where the fun is. Yeah, it sure is. So for those of you who don't know, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about you, Elizabeth, and what you do and your family. Sure. Uh, my husband, John, and I have been married for 32 years this month. Yay. Um, uh, so that's quite a... Uh, uh, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. And uh, we have a son, Joshua, who's about to turn 10, and we're just really enjoying this season of our life where it really is a Joshua mm. season we're going to cross wow. over into the full things of the promised land. So That's amazing. Um, when you and I first met, it was back uh, when I was living in California and I was practicing law there and uh, we had offices there together and I practiced law for about 10 years. And a lot of what the Lord would show me in that practicing of the law were parallels between the earth's laws and the way that the courts operated in the natural system that had parallels to principles in his word. And that actually is what really sparks the most joy in me. I don't have great joy going to court every day, but when I get to get into the Lord's word and unpack mysteries that he has and to see what the scriptures really say and how relevant it is for every day, that's the season that I'm really enjoying right now. Yeah, and you're so good at it. I mean, I've um, listened to some of your stuff and read some of your eBooks and about your revelation on the courts of heaven, on the courts uh, of inheritance. That is amazing. And then, of course, you've you've helped me so much. You just recently helped me with some some things that have radically shifted over my life when I filed this case that Beth gave me. I filed yeah. it and it and it shifted everything. Within two weeks, I'm telling you. Well, the thing that I love about this, Doug, is I had really been praying for you. And I asked that. I said, well, we have to have wisdom. We have to have revelation. We need to know what it is. And the Lord dropped this very strange phrase into my heart, and it was a squatter's right. And so I looked it back up in the legal context and looked it in the word. And what he really showed me is so amazing. That's what I sent you. But you know, from our last podcast that we did on the courts of heaven, and for those who haven't heard it, we, that's uh, on your um, website, 
and it's the August 23rd, 2017 podcast on the courts of heaven. We talked about how when the enemy has a legal right to block answers to our prayers and to really block the things of God and to conflict the promises of God with what we're experiencing. And in those conversations about the courts of redemption and the courts of repentance, we really highlighted how sin either our personal sin or bloodline sin is a way that the enemy has access into our life. But when the Lord spoke to me this squatter's rights, he showed me that sin is not the only way that the enemy gets access to our life. And, you know, Doug, I know that you're aware the enemy loves to throw at us uh, laws and protocols, that uh, religious spirit always trying to get us to perform. But It would be a mistake of us to think that the enemy abides by the law at all. He tries to use legal things against us to trip us up or to get access to us, but he doesn't have any regard for God's law. Obviously, he's completely in opposition to it. And so what the Lord has shown us that I want to unpack with you today is in the same way that in the natural You can have somebody who trespasses onto somebody else's land. They don't own it, but they trespass on it and they sit there and they try to establish ownership by occupation. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today with you. Yeah. Now, this is really good because most people think about, you know, when you when the enemy's accusing you or maybe you're sick or or you have something in your life, we search our life then. This is the biblical model. We search our life and we look for things that we might have in common with the enemy. Yeah. And we take care of those. And sometimes they're hidden in our generational line. And yes. and but then there's other times where the enemy is just violating. And I think that that's is that what you're talking about with this squatter? That's exactly what I'm talking about. And so for people who have gone to the courts and they've gone through repentance and they've gone through bloodline issues and probably had breakthrough in a lot of different ways, but still feel like they can't quite break through the next area in their life. It's very possible that what's happening is the enemy actually has taken illegal access into your territory. And Uh, I would define territory in two ways. It is physical land because there are physical geographic places and people groups that we're called to to serve God. But it's also our own personal and spiritual territories. And by that, I mean our physical state, our mental, emotion, and our spiritual selves that the enemy has just basically come in and said, I want this. So in the law, in the natural If you were to define what a squatter's rights are, it's simply when somebody occupies territory that does not belong to them, but they have the goal of securing occupation and even title. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, that's what we're seeing on like those issues on Craigslist where people are running an ad for for a place they don't own, renting it out and stealing people's money. Is that what we're comparing it to? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we saw it when the law came up with squatters' rights. We saw it a lot in rural farmland areas where, you know, a rancher might have a thousand acres. And so he lives on the east side of his property and somebody on the west side says, oh, I'm going to actually just fence off this area. He doesn't ever come over here. I'm going to build a house. I'm going to take his cattle and I'm just going to live here. And I'm going to live here so long that because he is ignoring it and not paying attention to it, it actually by law can become that squatters, that trespasses 
property. Wow. And that's what we're seeing the enemy do. Now, in the natural, somebody who is trespassing like a squatter, which means they're occupying territory that does not actually belong to them, but their goal is to have it become theirs, they have to meet two things. They have to occupy the land in an open way so that it's not hidden, and they also have to pay off any debt associated with the property, and that was usually like a property tax, because under the natural laws, if you don't pay property tax on your property, that's considered abandoning your property. So here's how it would relate in the spirit. If the enemy is trying to squat on a part of your territory, meaning if that's a physical territory, that means you have a city or a region or a people group that you are called to, and you cannot get breakthrough in that city. The enemy is just absolutely strong against you. Or if in your own self, if you have chronic illness, if you have chronic poverty, if you deal with mental health issues and spiritually just always this torment of the enemy, and you've gone through bloodline cleansing, you've gone through repentance, and you've applied the blood to those things so that there's no legal access anymore. This is a way that we can identify that more likely than not, the enemy is actually trespassing in that place. So here's a great thing. In uh, Luke 10 verse 19, we're told that we have power over the enemy. So I'm going to tell you what that verse sounds like in most translations of the Bible. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, this is Jesus speaking, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And sometimes that's a difficult verse when we're living in a place where we're like, well, it feels like the enemy is completely in my face. He's completely up against me. I'm suffering and I actually am being hurt. And so we have to reconcile this contradiction. What I did with this verse from Luke is I went into the Greek to say, Lord, what is this verse really saying? Because when you hear somebody speak to you in your own language, you understand fully what it's saying. And the Greek isn't fully our natural language. So it's beneficial to go back and look at the fullness of the word. So in that verse where it says, I give you power over the enemy. This is what that word means. It means liberty and power of choice. It means power to influence and change a situation. It means governmental rulership power, judicial decision-making power, and royal authority. Wow. That is way more impactful than just what we would say, I have power over the enemy. That's describing the extent and the kind of power. And then when it says at the end that nothing by any means shall hurt you. That word hurt is a legal word. It means that nothing shall by any means be able to criminally violate the law against you or uh, engage in unjust action or to offend you. That doesn't mean my feelings are hurt. It means as in a legal defender, a perpetrator who has committed a crime against you. So I took all those meanings and I rewrote Luke ten nineteen, and I want to read it to everybody now because this is the mentality that we have to have because sometimes when we're dealing with the enemy, we begin to see our own situation and our ability to combat him as futile. And we need to shift that and come to a place where we see his position is futile, not ours. So let me read you Luke ten nineteen the way that Jesus would have fully said it and how it would have been understood by those who are listening to him. He says, 
Behold, I give you liberty to do as you please. I give you the power of choice and the power to influence and change all situations, even to the level of a governmental rulership power, including judicial decision-making power like that of a judge. And you are to use this power and operate in it over any and all power and authority of the enemy. And given this power and authority that I vest in you, the enemy will not have any ability to violate you or to cause unjust consequences against you. He will have no power to perpetrate crimes against you. Is that a good way to start? I am speechless. I'm so serious. This is <laughs> this is a moment of revelation because this is it's amazing because if you look at the verse before that, Luke ten eighteen, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. This is why. When wow. you come into agreement with what Elizabeth just shared, you step into that level of authority, you will see Satan fall like lightning over you. Wow, that's incredible. Well, I think I said briefly ways that you can identify if the enemy is trespassing or squatting on your territories. And I just want to hit that again so that you can say, all right, here's how I can identify areas where I need to bring this kind of parent authority over the enemy. So because one of the elements of a squatter trying to change his position from just possessing or occupying to actually owning, he has to be there in an open and what they call a notorious or obvious way. So one of those ways would be to have trauma or chronic illness. They fit this category because if it's open and obvious, then people around you will be easily able to tell that something's wrong. So uh, something hidden in you, we don't have to worry, all the enemy's hiding and I can't find this trespasser. No, it, it will be open and obvious. So trauma, chronic illness fit that. Chronic poverty fits that. In business, if you're always suffering losses, if you can't get ahead, opportunities are lost, everything comes in to pay off debt or to fix things instead of actually moving forward. Those are good signs that there's a enemy trespassing in your territory. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That brings it all around. Perfect. Then um, one of the ways that he will squat is he has to deal with unoccupied territory. So for example, if this is the 100 acre farm and the farmer lives on the east and this guy's carved off a pit for himself in the west, he's doing it openly, but he knows that the owner is never really going over to see him on that side of the property. Uh, We see it in families that have second or third vacation residences and some, you know, homeless person just goes in and sets up shop and begins living there and receiving mail there. And then the owners come and say, hey, you need to get out. And he goes to the court and says, but hey, I get my mail here. I'm paying for the utilities. Suddenly, this is not just a trespasser. This is somebody who's actually developing a right to be there simply by being there a long time. And see, this is what happens for us in the spirit. In the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, it says, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards. There are often little places, things that we overlook, we don't focus on them, they're not really important to us, but they're ways that the enemy begins to get access and to trespass, and it changes from just being a trespasser 
to somebody who now is developing a legal right to be there because he's been there for so long. Another way that the enemy can get access, and this is something that I'm seeing a lot in churches right now, Doug, is that people aren't actually acknowledging the enemy's presence. And this is how we see it play out. There are some uh, sects within the church that say, if there's a contradiction between what the word of God says and what your life looks like. So, for example, Proverbs 4.20 says that the word itself is life and health to the whole body, but we're sick. 1 Kings 2.3 says that we should prosper in all that we do and every way that we go, but we're far from prospering. And Philippians 4.7 says that the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds, but we don't have peace. We actually suffer from trauma. We suffer from panic attacks and anxiety. And There is this group that says we can't talk about that because if you actually say, well, I'm sick, then you're agreeing with that sickness. Right. And that is actually a complete error. And I want to give you a really good foundation to see the distinction between the two. If I was called in the natural world to go to the police station and go to a lineup and the officers say, I want you to identify and recognize and acknowledge for me who the criminal was that you you saw commit a crime. Well, when I go, well, that's him, my acknowledgement of him, my recognition of him is in no way me stating an agreement with his crime or supporting it. And I think in that context, it seems really obvious. But when it comes to the spiritual realm, we kind of lose that clarity. You know, if I have a fever of 103 and snot is pouring out of my nose and I can't sleep because I'm coughing, The fact of the matter is I'm sick. Stating the fact that I'm sick is not forming agreement with the sickness. It's acknowledging the circumstances. And there's a difficulty that actually superstitious beliefs have snuck into our Christian theology. And we've said, well, uh, my body has this sickness, but I can't acknowledge it. But then we kind of ignore it. And it squats there. If we can't acknowledge it, how can we resist it? That's exactly right. If we can't resist it, how can we expect it, like James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you? In fact, I would say by not acknowledging it and not fighting it and not resisting it, we've actually submitted to it. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. And I understand that when there are contradictions in our life, we are sick. We can't get ahead financially. Our family does not have peace. There's chronic generational dysfunction. We become so overwhelmed and we don't know how to deal with it. We don't really realize that we are submitting to it. If I use the word yielding to it, I think it makes more sense. We're actually just saying, well, you know, I can't do anything about that. And I've actually heard people preach John 6, 16, verse 33, that says, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. And it's kind of like, well, you just have to accept that that's the way it's going to be. But we have to focus on the second half of that verse. And I want to read it. It's out of the Amplified Classic Version because, again, it will give you that same kind of authority and confidence to stand that even though my circumstances seem to scream the opposite of the Word of God, And even though I seem to have tried to go to God 
and pray about this or go to the heavens or worship my way through or praise my way through, there's still some areas that are resisting. You need to hear John 16, 33 out of the Amplified Classic. It says, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you will have tribulation and trials, distress and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, be certain and undaunted because I have overcome the world. I have deprived the world of any power to harm you and I have conquered it for you. So when we're looking at our territories going, okay, I feel overwhelmed. I feel like there are these things that I can't face. The first thing that I want to encourage you with is the enemy's position is absolutely futile. The Lord has positioned you so he can have no power over you. And sometimes the first step is to simply acknowledge it. And in acknowledging it, you are no longer unoccupying that territory. By acknowledging the enemy's presence and saying, I'm going to resist his presence so that he will flee. This is a way in which you take back possession of that area. Now, we still have to kick him out, and I'm going to show you how easy it is to do that. But is that making sense so far? Absolutely. And I love this whole thing about acknowledging, because, you know, I've always felt like there's there's this weird thing where you can't admit that you're sick. But what you just said brings it all into context and how you can bring it into the legal system of the Lord. Yeah, it's so good. So I said that there are two things that a trespasser needs to do to stop just being somebody who's trespassing to somebody who actually has a legal right to possess that property and maybe even get ownership of it. So the first part is he gets access to those unoccupied areas. So we've talked about how acknowledging them And being willing to take a stand in those areas is our first step. The second step is actually the easiest step of all. And this is so remarkable because the second thing that a trespasser has to do is pay off the debt. Remember I said he has to pay off the debt to the property and in the natural that means pay off the property taxes. Well, the word tells us that Jesus is the one who has paid the debt that was on our territories. In Galatians 3.13, it says, Jesus' blood paid off the debt. And see, we know that this is both physical, geographical territories because the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the earth and the fullness thereof. That's Psalm 24. We also know that his blood has redeemed us. That's the whole book of Galatians. That's the whole message of salvation. That is our mind, our will, our emotions, our physical health, our spiritual health, our mental health, our emotional health. So both of those territories have been covered with the blood. 1 Corinthians 6.20 and 1 Peter 1.18 also confirm we have been bought with a price. So here's what that means, that even though this squatter, this enemy may be able to occupy areas of your life, territories of your life that don't involve any sin on your part. It's a complete trespass and an illegal move on his part. He has no grounds that will give him any rights 
over those territories because there is no longer any debt existing on that territory. And also, Jesus' blood is the only payment that satisfies that debt. Am I explaining that? It's such a huge thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. I, I, I mean, I, this is where I get excited and I start doing little dances around because I see how little authority the enemy has. So when you understand there may be areas in my life where it seems like the enemy still is having his way and is having a high time there, I'm going to acknowledge them. I'm going to go and say, Lord, these are areas that either I have not been willing to deal with or I just haven't even realized that the enemy is squatting there, and now I'm looking at going, it's obvious that the enemy has possession there. I have a chronic illness. I have trauma. There's generational sickness or poverty or business never getting ahead. I recognize what those things are. I'm going to now come and bring those to your attention because I'm going to deal with them. And actually, that's all we have to do because the Lord's blood covers it and has paid off the debt. So the enemy has no legal case. He can't counter sue. He has no legal argument. You know, in the, in the blood courts, we say, okay, well, I've got this sin and that's what the enemy holds over our head. In this particular matter, there's nothing that the enemy can hold over us. Isn't that amazing? That really is. So I just wanted to, I mean, I have a prayer that I can kind of walk through a lot of the scriptures that address how we can just bring it to the Lord right now. Do you want to do that? Is yeah, that a, let's is do now, now time to this do is, it? This is an activation, everybody. If you have an issue, and especially for people who you, you know that you have a repeated sin in your life, so you think that you're disqualified, oh no. You know, oh, the, no. the word is clear. First John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he will forgive you, even if it's repeated. So don't think that you're disqualified from doing this. I just felt that prophetically just now to go out and cut that off and invite all of you now to become part of this prayer. That's awesome. And I I want to uh, say before I read through this, you know, I've got the ebook on my website that has all my notes from what you and I are kind of talking about. And at the end is this prayer guide that I'm going to go through. So I'm going to read through it now and activate it over everybody. It's a little bit lengthy and we'll just kind of work through it together. But if you want to take time after this, it's going to be available for you to print off and read through and do on your own. So we'll make that available for everybody. Um, Here's what it is. Because I'm a lawyer and I can't help it, I call it an occupational hazard. (laughs) All All my prayer guides are actually legal petitions. So I'm going to bring a legal petition. It's called a petition to quiet title. And I love that. that. I mean, that's actually, if you were to go into a natural earth court to get a squatter evicted, it's actually called a petition to quiet title because they don't want noise on the title. They don't want a track record on the title that is confusing. But if you think about part of the territory that we're looking to get uh, full ownership and occupation back over is our mental, our emotional, our physical, and our spiritual selves. This is going to bring that quietness that you need. So I'm going to bring it in the Hebrews 12, 23 heavenly court, where it says the court of God is where God is judge over all things. I'm bringing it in the subdivision, the Romans 5, 9 blood court, the court of redemption 
where it says that you've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, and he will certainly save us. This is the petition to quiet title, that we bring a claim right now, Lord God, who, who are judge over all things, and we bring it against the adversary, the adversary, the accuser of the brethren. And Father, we say that there are personal, physical territories that he has been squatting on. There are emotional territories. We see this through trauma, depression, and anxiety. There are mental territories where we see oppression, torment, mental illness, bipolar disorders. He is squatting on spiritual territories because of bloodline family issues, addiction, abuse, and genetic illness. He squats on finance territories for business and family finances, contracts, and even business opportunities. And he squats on geographical territories, whether that's a family ranch, a family home, or a city or a region that we are called to. And Lord God, we ask that the adversary defendant be removed from our territories that he currently occupies, that he currently prevents us from having sole occupancy, possession, enjoyment, and ownership of. This adversary has entered our territories via illegal trespass, and his presence is a continued occupancy that is illegal. He has no right to squat on our properties. Father, we know that even though his trespass has nothing to do with our sin, Father, there are areas where we are sin-free, where we are clean, but he still comes in. Father, we choose to begin this petition prayer request with Acts 3.19. Father, we repent of our sins and we turn to God so that our sins might be wiped away. And Father, we come with the Psalm 51 verse 17 contrite heart that we know that you will not despise. Father, we come according to James 4.7 that says we humble and yield ourselves before God. We resist the enemy so that he must flee. Father, we in all humility before you rebuke and resist the enemy. We put adversary on notice that we intend now to occupy all of our territories and therefore adversary must flee. Regarding personal territories, Father, we know that we've been made in your image. We know that the earth and all of its people are yours. We belong to you and you've given us dominion over the earth and over ourselves. So, Father, the enemy has no right to occupy those territories. Father, we exercise authority over all power of the enemy. And we state in this case, again, Luke 10, 19, that we have liberty and the power of choice, the power to influence and change these situations. We have a level of governmental rulership and judicial decision-making power, which we now operate in over all power and authority of the enemy. Lord God, your word says that we've been given this power and authority so that the enemy cannot violate us anymore. He cannot cause unjust consequences against us anymore. He has no power to perpetrate crimes against us. 
Father, I thank you that according to Galatians 3.13, 1 Corinthians 6.20, and 1 Peter 1.18, that your blood has paid the debt on all of our territories. Therefore, no debt exists on these territories, and the enemy has no way to secure any ownership that trumps our authority. Moreover, according to Acts 4.12, there is no salvation in anyone else other than the name of Jesus. And 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6, there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, Christ, who gave himself to redeem us. Father, we claim and decree the name of Jesus and his redemption over all of our territories. And we petition this court for an order that requires adversary to leave with no ability to secure legal ownership in any of our territories because he is unable to pay the debt and the debt has already been paid. Lord God, this is the order that we request, that you enter a judgment ordering the heavenly recorder of deeds and titles to confirm our territories as belonging to us and that you will require adversary to be removed from all territories that he presently occupies and that you would grant any other relief that the court deems is appropriate. We acknowledge that we have three witnesses to this prayer petition today. It's the Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself who testifies with our spirit. It's the Revelation 1, 5, Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. And the Revelation 3, 15, the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation. Father God, you have the right to rule in our favor, according to Colossians 1, 16 and 17, where it says, for by God, all things were created, all things that are in heaven and in earth, whether they are visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and therefore they must serve him. Father, we ask that you would cause our territories to be ours, our sole possession, and that they will serve us according to your purposes. And Father, I thank you now that you have granted a judgment in our favor. Father, that you render judgment in our favor and that you order the immediate and complete removal of adversary from our territories and that you order a Proverbs 6.31 sevenfold reparation and compensation for lost access and for damage to our territories, in addition to late fees, penalties, and charges. And Father, I thank you that you are not only issuing that judgment, but that you are issuing the angelic host, that Hebrews 1.4, angels who are purposed to minister and to serve us, the heirs of salvation, and that you release now this angelic host to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Father, cause your host to be released to enforce the immediate physical and forcible removal of adversary defendant from our territories and the immediate enforcement of sevenfold reparations. Father, you purpose this from before the foundation of the world. And today you affirm it again in this court. And Father, we thank you that you have restored to us the fullness of our territories. You've restored our physical bodies. You've restored our emotions 
our mental abilities, our spiritual authority, Father God, even the territorial lands and places and people groups that you've called us to, you have restored them to us and the enemy has been removed. Father, we worship your holy name. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Um, uh, it's like one of those Selah moments. Mm-hmm. There's the weight of heaven mm. right now. If you're wondering what that is, in fact, some people might even feel sleepy right now. That's not sleep. That is the weight of heaven. And that's the courtroom of heaven is now open over you. I'd recommend listening to this again if you need to, or maybe download it, even listen to it at night over and over, and get this into your spirit. But this was a powerful, powerful act that just happened, whether you understand it or not. Now, Beth, you sent me that prayer. Is that is that the same one you sent me? Yes, it is. Yeah, and so I prayed this prayer without sounding and feeling like she just, as an attorney standing up, like right now I feel like, like we're in the court of heaven. But when I prayed it, I was like out of desperation, not understanding it. I just did it by faith, in other words. But I want to tell you, within one week, things started to happen. And I'm standing here today, I would say, uh, nearly 100% set free with what was afflicting me. Not a sickness. It was, it was something else that had been hidden. A squatter had gotten in. And I was claiming all the verses. I had created my own Court of Heaven petition, you know, touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. I was claiming all these things, but I didn't know that I had given access to the enemy back in 2015. I didn't realize it till after I filed this, that the Lord revealed the squatter where he came in. It wasn't so much sin. It was just, it was, it was something I had done, didn't realize. I'd come into agreement with darkness on something because I was so desperate to get healed back in 2015. But the Lord used this and used Elizabeth to reveal the squatter. And within two weeks, it set things into motion, started in the courts of heaven and on earth as it is in heaven. I tell you today, I'm a new man over two weeks ago after praying this. Wow. And I'm so excited that, that, your situation, the enemy, whether whether the Lord, uh, you know, just reveals it to you or or it's revealed in different ways, but there's there's just so much revelation that's going to come out of this. There's so much authority that's going to drive the demons out. In my case, I needed to reveal what it was. Once it got revealed, oh my goodness, we all know it's out of here, you know. But because it was hidden, I had given a small piece of my land like that. Uh, you know, the, yeah. the corner of my yeah uh, the corner of my ranch i didn't realize it i'd given it to the enemy and he was camped out there and he was hiding himself but man i tell you we're going to hear some stories i tell you we are going to hear some testimonies wow a breakthrough wow powerful thank you elizabeth wow. for all you've done for me personally for linda in like connection and and also the just for for people in the church everywhere that you have this amazing revelation, amazing insight. Well, tell us how to get in touch with you, what you have. Yeah, you can follow me on Facebook at White Quill Media and on Twitter, same thing, White Quill Media. That's white, like the color, quill, Q-U-I-L-L. It's like a feather media. So 
White Quill Media. And at whitequillmedia.com, a lot of my resources are actually free in ebook format. And what we did today is an ebook titled Evicting the Enemy. And it's online. And if you uh, just uh, click on it and contact us and say, hey, send me Evicting the Enemy, we'll send you for free the ebook. It's a PDF document, so it's nice and easy to download. And uh, everything that I spoke, every verse that I have, and then that prayer at the end is in that ebook. And it's just available for you online. Wow. <laughs> this is incredible. Sometimes it feels like it's uh, it might be over your head. Don't even think that. Just receive it by faith. Or some of you who've been operating in the courts of heaven for quite some time, this is a new tool, folks. In fact, uh, the Lord spoke to me. My team was praying, and we were talking about you know just what had just happened to me. So we thought, well, how great would it be if we have a combined effort of Doug Addison and Elizabeth Nixon on a special online training, which we're going to be doing August 18th, 2018. That's August 18th, and it's a Saturday, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time, but you do have to sign up and register. We're both going to be unleashing a new level for the courts of heaven, and this is, people ask me, because I've already done two courts of heaven, you know, online trainings, this is the new level. Now, as we were recording this, we don't have the title yet, but you could go to DougAddison.com, and you'll see it there. You'll be able to sign up for it. But boy, I am so excited. I want you to go get the resources and also look at what she has and, you know, consider, you know, partnering with her in some way, whatever it might be, because what Elizabeth's doing right now is definitely cutting edge. So uh, thank you so much for joining us, Elizabeth. It is my absolute delight, Doug. Wow. Yeah. Okay, everybody. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.